Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Alex Winter started her career as a home care speech-language pathologist before she joined the Start Your Private Practice program to learn how to start her own adult-focused private practice. She founded the Winter Wellness Group, which caters to adults and seniors with chronic conditions such as Parkinson's, dementia, TBI, diabetes, stroke, cancer, and more. Alex's practice takes a human-first, patient-second approach. If you're interested in starting a private practice so that you can work with populations that you care deeply about, Alex's story will inspire you. So stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Question. In your heart of hearts, who is your favorite population to work with? Of all of the clients that you've ever seen over your career, who are the ones that light you up and allow you to do your best work? The ones that you love to learn about? The ones that you get all of your continuing education in this area? Read the latest journal articles? Maybe even do your own research? The clients that you are most passionate about and dedicated to and wish that you could spend all of your professional time working with? Well, for today's guest, it's adults with Parkinson's, dementia, MS, ALS, TBI, diabetes, stroke, cancer, and more. On her website, Alex Winter talks about the struggle that she faced as a home care SLP working with seniors with chronic conditions that weren't getting the help that they needed, so-called frequent flyers who needed more help than others were willing to give. Well, not Alex. Alex knew that this was the exact population that she wanted to serve in her private practice so that they can get access not only just to therapy services, but to nutrition support as well. Listeners, if you have a dream population that you want to go out and serve, go serve them. This is one of the main reasons why people start private practices, because they are passionate about a certain population, disorder, diagnosis, or difference, and they know that they can really help 
and make a difference outside of their current job. Private practice is for people who want to work outside the box. People who want more for their clients and themselves. Just like Alex. Now, this interview originally took place on Instagram Live. So my podcast editor has tried to remove anything that might seem out of context. But if you notice anything that seems different from my typical recording, that's why. Okay, on to the interview. Now we're, we've got Alex here. So Alex, could you introduce yourself? And thank you so much for being here to talk about your journey to private practice. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Jenna, for having me. Um, my name is Alex, everyone, and I live in Philadelphia. I currently, I still work in home health for a major hospital system in the city. Um, but while I'm working full time, I am growing my practice, the Winter Wellness Group, on the side. <laughs> I love it. And that is how most people get started, or that's how at least I recommend people. You know, sometimes people talk about like leaping and jumping into private practice. Yeah. And they're actually surprised when I say that I, in most cases, don't recommend that people leap into private practice, but instead like dip your toes in nice and gently. And then when you're ready to really do it, then you can head into the deep end. Yes, 100%. And I think I remember I was driving to a wedding with my fiance. And I saw that your course was on sale like over the summer. And I was like, I don't know, should I do this? I've been thinking about it. I'd applied for all these other jobs. And he was like, why don't you just do it? And I'm like, okay. So I did it. And I was like sweating the whole way to Connecticut from Philly to Connecticut. I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And it was kind of perfect timing because I had the whole weekend to kind of just like not think about it and then come back after and be like, okay, girl, you're starting a private practice. It's like, are you ready? But um, like I said, that was over the summer. And I think like you said, it's so important to take your time and ease into it and not feel the need to, okay, I'm starting a private practice. I need a full caseload by tomorrow. And especially as speech therapists, I think we tend to be a little type A sometimes um, and want everything in a nice little bow and all our ducks in a row. I found myself doing the same thing over the summer. Like, why haven't you done this yet? Why haven't you done this yet? Why isn't this not checked off your list? And I was like, hold up. Like, you're still working a full-time job, right? Like, you have a parent who's not doing well right now. Like, there's a lot going on. Like, you can take your time with this because the beauty is it's your business. So I'm, I'm glad that I slowed down a little bit. And I, I love that you said that because I think it's so crucial to anyone who's thinking of starting their own practice. Yeah, you got to take it like anytime you build something, you can't just go from nothing to a finished product, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and especially this is new for speech pathologists. Like we got into this, like we're helping people, people by nature mm -hmm. who got into the field to help people. And then all of a sudden, sometimes people start feeling like, oh, maybe that private practice thing that I thought about doing way later in my career, all of a sudden it's like not later in your career, it's earlier than you expected. Mm -hmm. And you're like either maybe feeling a little bit burned out or just feeling like you're ready for more and start heading toward thinking about private practice. Can you share what was it that got you thinking about private practice? And was it something that you always wanted to do or something that you just kind of decided to do over the summer? Yes. So I never thought of owning my own private practice. I always thought when I was in grad school, like hearing about private practice. And I don't know if you ever saw the show Private Practice. Like I was obsessed. I was like, oh, is this what it was? Is this what it's like? Like, this is amazing. Um, so I'm like, well, maybe 
I'll work for someone else. Um, so I thought like that was going to be the journey, like me working for an entrepreneur or a business owner. And I always in the back of my mind wanted to do something entrepreneurial with speech pathology, not own my own business, my own practice, but I had created a ton of materials throughout my um, career, actually sent a material to pro ed. I don't know if anyone from pro ed is, is listening, but I sent a material to pro ed um, and it got lost in the mail and I cried and I did it all over again and they rejected me. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? So I, that was the route that I thought I was going to take with speech pathology and entrepreneurship was creating my own materials. And that didn't really pan out. So I thought, you know what, let me find the best setting for me that uh, is going to allow me as much flexibility as possible. I'm not going to be micromanaged and I can still do the type of therapy that I love. And so it was a very windy, twisty road throughout many different types of settings. I moved to a different city from Baltimore to Philly. I called myself a speech gypsy for a while because I was just like, I always had a different job. And I think sometimes that's a little taboo, like, oh, that doesn't look good on your resume to have all these different positions within a short time frame. But I'm someone who's very gung-ho about finding what feels right to me. I'm not above quitting a job because they're, you know, asking things that are maybe unethical or productivity is not right. So yeah, I'm, I'm very much like, this is not right for me. I'm going to find something else. And so that eventually led me to home health. I was working for a college campus for senior citizens. I don't know if you've seen this. It's like, um, it's continuing care. So it's independent living, assisted living, and a SNF. And uh, my caseload was dropping by the numbers in the SNF. And I realized people were having less hospital, less time in, their ho in the hospital and less time in rehab and they were going home and this was a this was a long time ago this was oh my goodness i don't know like maybe eight years ago <laughs> when this was happening and now it's pretty probably you know home health is i feel like more widely known but at the time it was not a big thing um so i was like well let me try out this home health thing like this seems super interesting and uh i loved it as you can tell i'm a chatty person i love getting to know people i love getting in their business meeting family members and seeing what's going on so Home health was like, I thought that was going to be my bread and butter. I could make my own caseload, make my own hours. It seemed wonderful. And then if some of you watching, if you, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, my father has Parkinson's and dementia and throughout the pandemic, he progressed, unfortunately, but, you know, hospitalized without visitors and his dementia just really worsened. Um, and that really opened my eyes navigating his multiple hospitalizations and SNF placements over the pandemic really opened my eyes to the lack of knowledge about the healthcare system that most people have, how important health advocacy is and, and how important health literacy is and access to food and your mental health and all these issues that I was dealing with my own parents, but also dealing with my patients on an everyday basis. And I was thinking, you know, it's, it's such a shame that most caregivers don't know this information that I was helping my mother with. And I know I, I treat all of my patients like they're my dad and I want them to have the best care possible. I want them to know everything about their diagnosis. I want them to know everything about their physicians in and out. Um, so that the, the experience with my father really like gave me the little boost to do this on my own. And then over the summer, what really was like, let's do it, uh, was my PTO for the summer got denied. 
when I had requested it in April, and this was July, around like July 4th, around when I purchased your course. And I was like, this, I'm 30, I'll be 33 this year. And I was like, this cannot be my life. I can't have my vacation requests with my fiance just keep getting, you know, pulled out the rug underneath me. Um, that's no way to live a life, you know, and I work really hard. I thought I deserved the time off. And um, unfortunately, I'm sure you, in your experience and you guys watching, um, there were too many other therapists off at that time. So I couldn't take off, which is a silly rule. So that was, it was a combination, I will say, between dealing with my father and helping my parents navigate this crazy, twisty healthcare system um, in our country. And then also having my PT request denied. I was like, you got to do something on your own girlfriend. You got to do it. And uh, my fiance was like, why don't you do this by yourself? Oh, I can't, I can't do this by myself. He was like, you started a business before, like, just do it. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to buy this course because I don't have the time to Google everything and figure it out. My time is better served elsewhere. So yeah, it was like, it was very kismet. I like saw your Instagram post or an email came through and I was like, all right, everything is aligning. Jenna's telling me to do it. The universe is telling me to do it. <laughs> like, let's do it. The fiance is telling me to do yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we got, we got his permission too. So, <laughs> well, And that's like, sometimes it takes some, sometimes like those other signs, right? Like, and it takes different, you know, there's a lot of people who think that I'll do private practice one day, right? One day, whatever air quotes that is to them. And then certain circumstances happen and sometimes they're good circumstances and sometimes they're bad circumstances that kind of lead you to thinking, you know what, maybe like, why am I waiting? Right. Maybe this is something that I should, should do now. Right. And so I think that the combination of your family and also of your, you know, the situation at your work just did kind of lead you to being like, you know what, I can totally do this. So tell people, because I love that you have like also a mission based private practice. Like I love that you have a, a wellness group, right? So tell, tell people yeah. like, what is your private practice all about? Yes. So my, so I live in Philadelphia and I'm not from Philly, but I'm from New York originally. And, but I've been in Philly the last eight years and like, it truly feels like home to me. And especially working in home health, um, the last five years in West Philadelphia, which can be a compromised area in terms of socioeconomic status, political issues going on, health literacy, advocacy, mental health, like they are, they're in it. Uh, in West Philly. And so dealing with these patients um, every single day, I realized my heart really lied with the adult and senior population who had chronic conditions. You know, those people at your agency who are known as frequent flyers, you eval, discharge, you retrain them in a strategy, discharge, the doctor doesn't really want to hear it. They've had this pain for years. This is their third stroke you know, cancer patient, radiation effects are acting up again. You know, people who are just kind of swept under the rug as baseline, they're not gonna get any better, their life is what it is. But in my experience, I was seeing these people make progress. You know, I, I was connecting them with resources in the community. I was referring them to social work. I was referring them to the specialists that they needed, a GI who no one had made the referral, you know, see your neurologist again. It's been two years. Go see the pulmonologist. So I, I felt like I was kind of like that, that middleman for my patients. And I, that really is the, the heart of the winter wellness group is not just speech therapy. And I, I tell all my patients this, and this might be shocking to you, but I tell everyone that I, I come into contact with for therapy, your speech therapy, my speech therapy, it does not matter 
if you don't have access to food, if you are suffering from a mental illness right now, if you don't even understand your diagnosis or have a primary physician, or if you just don't, you haven't been to the doctor, right? And, and all of these little pieces that really impact cognition, it impacts speech and language, it impacts your voice, it impacts your ability to eat. Uh, and I think sometimes we, we go in to see a patient and we're so well, why aren't you remembering this? Why can't you speak right? You know, what's, and, and we just want to do our treatment plan, but it's, there's so much more involved, especially when you're treating someone in the home to helping them get better. It's not just helping them remember a phone number or helping them swallow regular textures again. I want them to be able to do that consistently long after I'm gone. And I realize that involves so much more than my two month certification period and discharge. It involves constant education um, and pulling in other people to the team and other holistic methods, which I felt like I couldn't really do or can't do as well in a traditional setting. Um, so I've decided to offer myofascial release and offer nutrition coaching and guided meditation and all these things that truly make a difference in your everyday life, but are not so traditionally seen in a speech therapy context. Amazing, Alex. <laughs> that is so needed. And kudos you. to you for bringing it to an area that you have, have fallen in love, right? It's not where you grew up, but it's the, it's now where your heart is. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think that's so important. Like this is why a lot of people decide to choose private practice is because they want to be able to, to work outside of the box, right? Mm -hmm. They're outside the box thinkers and they want to be able to treat a little bit outside the box and offer these other services, yeah. or maybe, maybe it's traditional speech therapy. Maybe it's non-traditional, but it's part of like, if you can't help your clients make the kind of progress that they need to be able to make inside of a traditional setting, right? School, a hospital, early intervention or whatever, like it is an option for people to work outside of those traditional systems. 100%. And that's what I, that's what I want SLPs to know is that you're not confined to schools, hospitals, early intervention, or someone else's private practice, right? Right. If you can't find the job that you want, create it. Yeah, I 100% believe it. I'm sorry, I was trying to respond back to someone who wanted to know where I took my myofascial release course um, from Walt Fritz, who's a physical therapist, like world renowned, has traveled literally all over the world teaching this um, and has since refined his practice to teaching speech pathologists. But I digress. I 100% agree with you that sometimes you do need to find something else like outside of the box to make you feel good about your job and i think as speech therapists like it's it's not it's like counterintuitive for us you know and i don't know why it's like well this is not what i learned in school like their evaluation said this was wrong and i learned this treatment so i gotta do this right and sometimes you don't know until you get that experience and you start really getting to know your patients and you start learning more about yourself as a clinician, who you, what kind of patients you like to treat, what kind of therapy you want. Like maybe you hate dysphagia and you only want to do cognition, right? Like there's so many different avenues that we all can take. And even in home health, I joke with my fiance that sometimes I feel like a primary care physician or family doctor because it's like dysphonia, dysarthra, apraxia, aphasia, cognition. And it's just like everything. You never know what you're going to get when, when you walk in into someone's house. But how much better would I feel 
if I could wake up every day and know the exact type of patient I was treating and the diagnoses that I was going to to get that were going to come across my, my computer. So that's what really excites me about it. And I think other people out there listening or, or watching, like get excited about the fact that like you can choose who you want to work with and what therapy looks like to you. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think that that's, it's really important for, for everyone to just know, but especially speech pathologists who do tend to feel like I, I went through this program and now here's the box that I'm in, right? Mm -hmm. Is like, you can create something else, right? You can, yes. you can, can do something else that's, that helps your clients get like the results that they need. It helps you have the sense of fulfillment that you got into this field to have and that you may not have anymore mm -hmm. in whatever the setting that you're in, right? And so, yeah, thank you for, for, for sharing that too. So my next question to you is, you know, what is next for the Winter Wellness Group? Like, what else do you want, you know, where are you kind of going in terms of, like, are you gonna stick with your home health job for a while? Or are you gonna start shifting more into your private practice? Like, what does the next six months look like for you? Oh, yes, I'm so glad you asked that because I, when I purchased the course in the summer, between like July, August and October, I'll tell you guys, like I was just like ruminating, like just sitting on this for no reason, like legit no reason. I think because this is something in the back of my mind was so like ingrained in me, like the patient population, the type of therapy that like, I already knew what I was gonna call it. I knew who I wanted to serve. So like I procrastinated a really long time for no reason, a little bit of imposter syndrome. Um, so just know you can do it guys. And so my goal for October was to actually like just tell people, <laughs> like make it publicly known, like have an Instagram account, like have social media pages, have a website. So that was my goal for October, as well as creating, um, using your amazing course on marketing, the chapter on marketing, coming up with doctor's offices that I was going to refer to, different specialists, and then creating those materials so I can drop them off or mail them, share them with offices or different providers and different people who I have in mind. Um, and one tip too, this is a little, a little digression here, but every time I'm driving throughout the day, if I see somewhere that is within kind of the demographic of my target population, like somewhere that they would be, I write it down. So whether it was like a gym, specifically for senior citizens or a standoff ENT office in the middle of nowhere. So like October was spent like building my referral list and marketing. November, now that we're in November, November is my networking month. So I'm hitting the ground. Um, I have a talk on this Thursday at Temple, some community resource events that I'm going to speaking at different community centers. Um, so November, my goal really is just to like get out there um, and good old word of mouth and, and hand out my business cards to everyone um, that just came in the mail today. And um, so I'm hoping by December, January to have my first client. And um, my goal is by 2023, I would love to have enough patients to transition to a full-time um, private practice owner. I'm not going to be mad if it doesn't happen. And I know it's like a little bit of a lofty goal, but I think it's better to set that lofty goal than to say like, I'm going to have two patients by 2023. Like I know I can have those patients by the end of this year. So 2023 is the goal. I'm still working full time. So in between then, as my caseload grows, I'm hoping to drop down to part time and then PRN. And Jenna's course, everyone actually, she has a great like little calendar system in there to help you figure out 
when you're going to see patients if you're still working full time. So I use that calendar that Jenna provided and I still know like if a referral comes through, I know the days of the week that I can accept clients, um, which is really helpful and it's screenshotted in my phone. I can always go back and look at it to remind me when I'm getting like anxious about which happens. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, someone asked about insurance. I'm accepting Medicare, you know, legally, if you're going to treat someone of Medicare age, you do have to bill their, their Medicare. Um, but I'm going to do private pay and I'm going to see how that works out. I've worked with insurance for 10 years and I don't <laughs> want to do it. I know everyone is different and depending on the population. So I'm going to see if I can get away with Medicare and private pay and then we'll go from there. <laughs> totally. Let me just say that I don't think it's at all a lofty goal to think that you couldn't like quit your job within a year oh, because okay. like at all, like I made a funny face, but it, it wasn't that I thought it was lofty. It was that like, I think you could do it way sooner than that. Yeah. It, you know, especially with like the pace at which you're like hitting the ground running this month. Right. It's like, you know, there's such a need for services that once people know that you're available, like that's the whole thing with word of mouth for anyone who's watching or listening. Everybody wants word of mouth marketing and word of mouth referrals, but you have to do something to get them, right? <laughs> you have to put yourself out there. You have, people have to know about you. Word of mouth marketing doesn't just happen because you got your business cards, right? Mm -hmm. You have to like hand them out. You gotta just, you, you gotta talk. Yeah. yeah, you have to, right. <laughs> exactly. Right. So when you're, when you're talking about like, Hey, in November, I'm doing this in December, I'm doing this. I'm like, wow. Alex is completely setting herself up for success. And so you can, I mean, you stay with your, the home care job for as long as you want to. Like I never, ever want to pressure people to leave their jobs prematurely. Mm -hmm. However, I think it is completely conceivable that in like the next six months, if you continue at this pace of building your practice and sharing your mission and figuring out like how, you know, getting your first clients, you know, there's, I'm a believer, you know, the universe, God, whoever anybody likes, it's like, once you put yourself out there and you are truly ready to serve, I believe that the people who are meant to find you and who need you will find you and you'll connect and you'll be able to help the people who need help from you. Yes. I love that. I love, I wish like go back, record that and like play it every morning, but no, you're so right. And I think too, like, Sometimes as speech therapists, we think like, oh, like my background isn't in business. I don't know anything about marketing. I don't know anything about pitching or selling myself. Like whether you work with children or 100 year olds, like you are pitching yourself every day to let someone treat you, like treat them. You know, you are convincing them why you're needed, why your services are needed and why they should follow along with you. So I think sometimes we have to like not separate the business aspect from the speech therapy aspect so much because you talk about what you do all day, whether it's to a doctor, an administrator, a caregiver, you know, and, and only imagine now when you get to talk about what you do, when it's so special to what you have thought of as a speech pathologist, like, I'm so excited to talk to people about like adults and seniors with chronic conditions and like all the services that we offer and why a pulmonologist needs to know about speech therapists and why a cardiologist needs to know about my practice. Like, because I have seen the gap, you know? And so it's, it's, e it's easy for me to go in there and talk about it. It wasn't always, but like I said, once I had that little mindset shift, like, oh, you do this all the time. Like this, 
this is nothing like you've got this so i just want everyone else to to feel that as well because i know i see like oh you're so enthusiastic you're doing it you're killing it i'm like yes this it looks like this but i don't want you to forget like my imposter syndrome is real <laughs> like yeah. i've been through that the nerves are real um but just like be so confident and proud in the skills that that you all already have that's right because you're right in order to to sell yourself, which you do have to do a little bit. You have to, you know, be convinced mm -hmm. that, that you, you're able to help people, right? So, yeah. and, and you're, y'all, everyone, you're listening, everyone listening to this, you are out there helping people every single day. Yep. And imposter syndrome is completely real. It's something that even I deal with from time to time. But I, I wanna give y'all a trick real quick, if you'll have my little imposter syndrome trick. <laughs> it doesn't make it go away all the way, but it lessens it, okay? So I remember when it was the like 2020 going into 2021, the new year, right? And everyone's saying, you know, what are you going to leave behind in 2020? And everyone's, you know, like COVID and like, you know, <laughs> toilet paper shortages and whatever, right? But it's like, I, I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave behind imposter syndrome. Ooh. I'm going to leave it behind, right? And I have to tell y'all, it has, it has worked in many cases, right? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it going to go away all totally? Maybe not. But yeah. it's, it's enough to be like, you know what? I'm not going to let that stop me, right? I have a mission. Mm -hmm. You have a mission. And in order for that mission to come to fruition, that was a good rhyme. Oh, look at you. You, you got to just over here. do it. You just got to do it, right? And so, like, yeah, whoever put, like, the, you know, the arm thing, right? So it's like, if you have a greater calling and if you have the drive to really change the lives of others, and your life in a way that you could have never expected maybe when you were in grad school that you'd be able to do at this stage in your career there are so many you know young people who have joined my program and started private practices decades before they thought was ever possible so that's the other thing i just want you to take away like you can do this now not when you're like 50. yeah i'm like i'm blown away at all the younger therapists who are coming in and starting their practice i'm like wow that is amazing like i said i'll be 33 this year and like this was never on my like trajectory um and i i still feel young so i still feel 23 um but i think it's it's so cool to see other like younger newer clinicians like start their business um and and i hope more more people do it and and like I said, your, your course has been so helpful and especially if if you're someone like me and you're like, I do not have the time to sit here and Google how to become a Medicare provider, how to get referrals. Like it's just, it's too much. And um, the, the course has been a godsend in, in helping. So I'm, I'm so grateful for, for everything that you've taught and for everything that you're doing for this community because it's so, it's so needed. <laughs> well, thank you, Alex. Like this is, this is why I do it, right? Because I want people like Alex and like those of you who are listening to be able to to get this started as easily and step by step as possible right because i want you to be armed with knowledge and to be able to you know just know what your options are and know that if and when you're ready to start this what it would look like for you you heard tonight what it looked like for alex and you know you're gonna have your own thing some of you might be listening you know again also are adult people I'm also an adult person for the record, but there's people who are like pediatrics or people mm -hmm. who only want to work with kids with dyslexia or autistic individuals or whoever your favorite clients are. 
I want you to be able to take, you know, your drive and your mission, just like Alex has, it might look different than hers, but probably it's, it, you know, the same goodness and helpfulness is behind it. And I want you to be able to do that, right? SLPs do not have extra time. Alex has mentioned time <laughs> a couple of times. We're busy, right? You know, got, yeah, people have jobs, you know, some people have, you know, in relationships, they'd like to see their partner every now and then, mm -hmm. you know, they've got kids, they've got parents that they're taking, you know, it's complicated. So like anything I can do to make this process easier for SLPs, because I believe that SLPs are the best people. Can we all give some loves to yeah. Alex here? Clearly, Alex is a, you know, amazing SLP who oh, should be doing this. And I'm so happy that our paths crossed. I know. And that you were able to make this work. Yes, I'm, I'm so, so happy as well. And all of you guys who are out there watching, listening, like if you have been thinking, have the itch to start a private practice, like you're, you're going to keep on itching, girl, until you pull, pull a trigger. So highly recommend. Um, and if anyone has any questions, I know some were, were flicking by here. Um, please feel free to DM me. Um, I'd be more than happy to talk with, with each of you if you have any personal questions too. So thank you so much, Jenna. I will be sure to update you too as, as things move along. I love it. So yes, thank you, Alex. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for your time. And, you know, just for your also putting people at ease, right? Sharing like, hey, this is what my story looked like. This is some of the help that I had that worked for me. Um, so everyone, you know, who's listening again, thank you for being here. Thank you for, you know, listening to Alex's story. And know that one day, like, you can be Alex, right? And then not that long. Like, she just started this over the summer, right? So yeah. maybe some of you who are listening are like, you know what? I'm going to sign up for, for Jenna's program. Mm -hmm. And, like, come February, I could be doing a Facebook Live with any of you, like, listening. And, like, how amazing will that be? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being on. Thank you so much, Alex. Good luck with your practice. Keep me updated. And I'll see you in the private student group. Yes. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Thank you. You're welcome. Don't you just love Alex? I love her drive, her passion, and her dedication to helping people like her father who weren't getting the help that they needed. There are a lot of reasons why SLPs and OTs start private practices, but for many people, it's to help ideal clients get access to more or better services. I commend Alex for taking her background in home health and bringing it forward to start serving her ideal populations in her own private practice. Alex is part of the private practice movement. This isn't just another job setting for her, but a way of life, a mission, a calling to be more, to do more, and yes, to have more, have more freedom, more flexibility, more fulfillment, and even more financial independence. This year, my company, The Independent Clinician, wants to help at least 1,000 SLPs and OTs start private practices, and we would love for you to be one of them. If you're interested in learning more about my programs, including the Start Your Private Practice program, which is the one that Alex went through, head on over to independentclinician.com to learn how we help SLPs and OTs start, grow, and scale successful private practices. And then join us again next week for more information and inspiration about how you, yes, you, can be successful in private practice just like the people that you hear on the show. Every private practice starts with one client. Theirs did, and yours will too. See you next week.
I decided to invest in the Start Your Private Practice program because I honestly had no idea where to start. <laughs> and I just didn't really have the confidence or the know-how to be able to do that. So it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. It was all there for me. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.